Quiet on the set. Action. everyone welcome to the movie machine podcast presented by hot chocolate media i'm going to be your moderator today kyle and i'm surrounded by three hollywood professionals i'm very honored to be around we're going to make a movie for you very quickly based on a random prompt from the internet so with me i have a writer jacob gulliver who is peter jackson's dietitian I have Isaac Sunleaf, who's David Tennant's jogging buddy. He's our director. And then Ben Lifson, our producer, was the guy who came up with the idea to put Speed 2 on a boat. So, gentlemen, Speed welcome. 3 would have been on a plane if yeah. it ever got greenlit. So, here's your prompt, starting with your writer. We have the, our theme of our story is a satirical caper. The main character is a creative half-alien the start of the character, the start of the story is growth. The end of the story is conspiracy, and I can repeat that for you. No need. I'm already there. <clears throat> so our movie opens on the side of a mountain. There's snow coming down, heavy clouds in the sky, and as we get closer to the side of the mountain, uh, we can see moving through the pines and the, the deep drifts of snow. Uh, a man, maybe mid-thirties, um, scraggly beards, kind of unusual features, interestingly enough. And we're going to get a little opening narration line over it. It's going to say something like, My name is Toby Winter, but as it turns out, I much prefer the summer. And so we're going to find out over time as he's journeying up the side of this mountain, um, he's been abandoned in the Arctic. Uh, he was sent as a, an ambassador for this, this alien race. Um, there was a, a group of, of astronauts on a mission that's been scrubbed from NASA records that you know, made contact with this alien race. And he was you know, part of the, the team. The team got lost. They stayed with the aliens. They stayed there. He is the, the first child of the, the interspecies romance that blossomed from this, this lost NASA mission. Uh, we're going to say it's uh, a mission to Mars. So he, he has been uh, abandoned out in the wilderness. He, was, he finally made it back to, to Earth to help of rebuilding technology, both the human and the alien technology, finally made it back to Earth. Uh, but at the beginning of the movie, we're going to see him trying to find his way back to civilization. Uh, and we'll slowly learn these, these things about the, the NASA mission that got scrubbed. We'll slowly learn about how he got thrown into this wilderness. So <clears throat> what happens when he comes back to Earth We'll go back to that after. We'll start with just him trying to fit in, like getting around in society, trying to you know meet new people, and he he meets a, a young woman and her daughter in in the park. He's like you know completely blown away by all of like the foliage and you know the massive structures that he's never seen before. Um, he meets a, a young woman and her daughter, and the the young woman tells um, tells him. Uh, you know that he's like, well, why are you staring at all the trees and why are you, you know, why are you being this weirdo? And he's like, oh, I've just, I've never been in a city before. He keeps coming back to this, you know, walking around 
he doesn't need part of his alien abilities. He doesn't need to sleep as much as a, a normal human would. So he's like wandering around all times of the day, and he doesn't really need to rest a whole lot. So he's uh, he keeps running into them, and they eventually make friends. But the the little girl for some reason doesn't like him, and he keeps trying to like you know make make friends with the kid. But for whatever reason, something something spooks her, um, and she she figures out that he's an alien, or that he's this half alien being, uh, which triggers all kinds of start of you know triggers all kinds of little rumblings in the you know underground secret service FBI CIA whatever it is communities running in trying to capture him so at the beginning of the movie he's trying to learn about these societies he's trying to try to learn about the societies trying to figure out what can I do what can I how can I be you know the person that my parents expect me to be how can I create this bridge that my parents made with each other <clears throat> and just in general growing as a person by the end of the movie, uh, it's you know going into this deep, deep, deep conspiracy about yes, we knew about the aliens. No, we're not going to make contact with them, and we're going to blow them all to hell. That Scrub Nasher mission is going to die with them. They're all going to die, and you're the only last remnant of this. He manages to. They they were planning on taking him out to the wastes and killing him, but the soldier who was was supposed to pull the trigger. Instead, couldn't couldn't bear to do it and threw him out into the the waste. So he's trying to find his way back. So and that's that's my basic story. I really want to focus on the like the growth of characters, the relationship between humans, um, and the idea that you know we we don't always see what's beneath the surface. Like sometimes we we can't quite tell a, you know what a, what a person's character is until we get to know them. I want to deal with that idea kind of like a modern modern take on the whole ET vibe just with a more, you know, a face we can talk to. You got a title for your movie? Uh, this is going to be Return to Mars. Right. So, Isaac our director, you have the script for Return to Mars in front of you. It stars a character, a half-alien, half-NASA astronaut named Toby Winters. There's a conspiracy. There's a potential war. How do you make this script your vision? So, you know, I, I love the story. I mean, it's just, it's just great. You know, when I'm, when I'm directing a film, which I've directed several, I always like to start with the characters and the actors, right? Especially in a film like this, where it's, it's about relationships between humans and discovering things about people, not necessarily judging on the surface. So I want to really dive into who I want to cast. And, and you know what? I've, I've actually had this actor, you know, in mind for a while now. I really think he can bring a lot to the table. You know, he's not big yet because he's been doing other stuff. But I think having that fresh, that fresh actor that has some nostalgia, though, is important. And I really enjoyed all these uh, all these rappers who've been making a transition into film, uh, Ludacris for Crash, uh, Ti and Ant Man, um, and I really think Sean Paul would be the best person to play Toby Winter. You know, he's he's a great guy. Um, he's he's really handsome in, in his in his own way. You know, and I feel like this half alien. That's how people describe me. They're like, oh, have you seen Toby Winter? And they're like, yeah, he's like good looking, I guess, but in a like a strange way. And the other thing is, you know, I think he can really relate to the character. Sean Paul, he's a hard worker. This character doesn't sleep much. Sean Paul up all the time, just making hit after hit, like temperature, his other one. Um 
And then, you know what, I, because Jean Paul, you know, great guy, doesn't have a lot of experience, I think a good person to be the young woman he meets would be Alison Brie. Just phenomenal actress, could bring some comedy to the table, really, you know, really could balance out the other side of the scale with Jean Paul. For the daughter, you know, I'll just let Allison find a child. I think she can really just take care of that part. But uh, what I'm really excited for is the aliens, because, you know, aliens have been done in, in, you know, dozens and dozens of ways, but it's, a lot of them have been very similar. So what I'm imagining for the aliens just entirely CGI with one puppet just thrown in there every once in a while just to throw people off. And I think the voice, you know, sound is so important in film. Um, and I think, I think the best person to do the voice would be Adam Sandler. Although I don't want him in the film, I just want to take, you know, voice like voices he's done from other things and cut and paste them in. I don't want him to touch it because he'll probably ruin it. But I really think those would be the best people. The only thing I will say about. The title is, I think it really should be Return to Jupiter. Mars has been done too many times. I think we should go to Jupiter. All right. So, producer Ben, you have a script in front of you. You have the storyboards. Some production has already begun on Return to Mars slash Jupiter, working title, starring Sean Paul, the uh, the, the Jamaican rap artist, uh, Alison Brie, and uh, past voice recordings of Adam Sandler. Uh, Scooby Doo. Ah. Uh, how do you make this? What's your budget? How do you make this movie make money? Okay, so first off, I want to say that I love the script. I read it every night. It's the perfect sleeping pill. Okay, puts me right. I have to gets me off my addiction to Ambien. Now, that's me sort of being sarcastic because I hate it, but I like some ideas in here. So first off, uh, a couple questions I have uh, that we need to make this marketable. First off, no space battles in the script. Okay, you can't have that. You know, people expect. You know, a bunch of 360 flying shots of without any cut shots of like thing exploding and blasts. Okay, so we gotta have a space battle or two. Uh, you know, you could work that into NASA or whatever. Just make sure it happens. Get it a lot for the trailer. Second, you know, this one's really you know thinky and want make you wonder about stuff, and that's not what people go to sci-fi to see anymore. Okay, they go for action or entertainment. So my idea is that we kind of. You know, take the same premise, but make it into an action comedy. Uh, you know, we have a lot of opportunities for fish-out-of-water things. He goes down and, like, you know, he, you know, kind of jokes where it's like, man, I want a hot dog, and they're like, a hot dog, that's that's extinct, or, you know, something funny where you think something and then it's the opposite. It, that always gets a laugh. You know, so fish-out-of-water comedy, do that. Also, you know, I got, I got a condition of a character you gotta add. You gotta either add a sexy alien who is a primary color, or you gotta, because um, this doesn't have enough sex appeal. You already have you have one possibly sexy lady, but you need two. Either that, or you take the kid character and you know rewrite it a bit, age her up so into a sexy Chinese uh, dancer, erotic dancer if possible. You know, obviously make it PG thirteen ish, but make something you know for the teens. <laughs> you know, make something for the teens or the adults. You know, like you know, um, let's see. Uh, oh, Sean Paul also. Um, I'm gonna talk with him. We're gonna use some of the budget to give him a rap single that'll go during the credits, just like Wild Wild West and Men in Black. Um, I really kind of want to bring that back into movies, so I think that'll be great. Uh, let's see. I think uh, budget. Let's see. Um, 
I don't know. You know, we're going for big, so maybe 100 mil or so. You know, we're going for big special effects here. You know, get the Lights and Magic guys or whoever their knockoff is. I, I don't know. Uh, DreamWorks, maybe. I don't know. Um, what, one of those two CGI people. You know, uh, scrapping the puppet because, uh, you know, puppets don't work no more. And, oh, let's see. Uh, oh, you need a happy ending. Okay, right now it's kind of ambiguous. He needs to be, the conspiracy needs to be completely torn down, the organization, because otherwise, you know, you don't want people to leave the theater feeling conflicted. So, yeah, those are my, I think, relatively small and reasonable changes. All right, Jacob, you, you've got your cast, you got some requirements to add in the script from the producer. How do you make the producer happy and make your story what you want it to be? Well, I, I do feel like there have been some rather large alterations to my original vision of this story, but I, you know, I'll, I'll strive to you know maintain that through through the changes that I've been handed here. Um, so it would be nice to you know not not start this month. So uh, in terms of space battles, we can show like some sequences of you know maybe the this group of aliens that they encountered. I think we should skip Jupiter because there was just a movie a couple years ago called Jupiter Ascending. Let's do Saturn or you know let's do Pluto or whatever it is. Let's not do Pluto. Let's do Saturn. Nobody's done Saturn in a while. So they go to Saturn. Fuck science. We're going to Saturn. The aliens that have, have landed there are like the last of their species. Their race was you know destroyed in some kind of terrible natural disaster on their planet, <clears throat> or maybe there was a plague or something. And these are the ones who didn't have it. So they, their last refuge was there, and the, the people who met with them were there. So we can show, like, the end of their civilization and them, like, flying through space and escaping the atmosphere or whatever it is. We can get some really cool action there. And then after Toby gets back to civilization, not terribly sold on Sean Paul. I don't know if he's got the, the acting cred to, to jump into this one. But, uh, you know, that's... Director, that's on you. If, it's, if you think you can pull that performance out of Mr. Paul, then uh, that's... That one's on you. I'm absolutely certain. Okay, so the other thing that we, we want to do is when he does get back to civilization, after the, the conspiracies happen, of course they want to like really kill him after he gets back, so we're going to have some more action sequences of him like sabotaging the ships that the, the government is building to get there and you know take out the alien race or sabotaging like a missile missile silo or something. Maybe we can have like Alice and Bree, you know, go along with him, maybe like you know, some explosion or something could tear a shirt open. I don't know. Whatever. I not really my my area of expertise. So, but we'll get some action. We'll get a little bit of like the you know comedy and a little bit more of the sexy stuff in there. I think that you know, all of all of the the alien species, you know, because he does look fairly human, just a little bit unusual. We can make all of the aliens a little bit sexy. So they can be like a little bit androgynous, and they can all be. You know, a primary color. Maybe they're just like a little bit blue-gray, <clears throat> you know, to fit in with like the, the gray stereotype that we have. And, and they're just all hot. They're all very attractive by, by physical human standards. So that way we can have lots of sexy aliens, but it's just part of their like thing. It's part of their steez. So we can go with that and, and make sure that they all do what you're looking for there. The other thing that I want to make sure that we do is make sure that the the relationship between Toby and Alice Bree's character, I still haven't come up with the name with, uh, I'm going to call her Phoebe. Um, they are going to, I want that that relationship to be like very genuine. It doesn't need to be a romance, it doesn't need to be you know, any of the typical tropes, but I want I want them to learn, learn from each other because that's what the whole original idea was. All right. 
So, director Isaac, you got some changes. You got some sexy aliens. You got some more action scenes. You got a $100 million budget. Uh, where you go from here? You know, yeah, I uh, lots of feedback, which I love. You know, everyone is like, Isaac, what he's do? He compromises, you know? That's his thing. He likes compromise. Um, so, I just want to start right off the bat. Action comedy? Absolutely. I think we need some more jokes. We need probably two, two and a half spaceships um, on budget for sure. That, no problem. You know, I, uh, I also like the sexy alien thing. Either the sexy alien or the, the kid character being a little bit older. I think we should just merge those two ideas and just hire Ariana Grande. Um, keep up the music, the music bit. She can be on that rap single at the end. I love that idea. Uh, I already have some ideas for that rap single. I'm thinking, um, well, first, okay, first I need to go back and address the, the writer's concern with Jupiter. I agree. I think maybe Jupiter has uh, been done. I like Saturn. I'm a little worried, though, that someone in the audience watching this movie will just constantly be worried that they might end up on the rings of Saturn instead of on the planet itself. And I don't want that constant stress to deter from the plot. So, I was thinking for the, the rap single at the end, uh, Sean Paul and Ariana Grande, if we can get her on board as well, um, I was thinking the, the title of the single could be, Why Does Saturn Have So Many Rings? Um, or a remix of Blue by Eiffel 65. Really, either one, especially if the aliens are that blue-gray bit, I think, I think we'd strike gold there. Um, Otherwise, you know, I, uh, I like this idea of making the relationship more genuine. I think, um, as a director, I really like those one-off shots of just of hand-holding, but slowly. I hear Sean Paul has exceptionally sweaty palms, so we'll have to keep a towel on set at all times, obviously. But lots of hand-holding scenes, and oh yes, the, the action and the, the, the shirts being ripped in, in space, you know, I think... I think that makes sense. Spaceships tend to tear shirts. I just think, for equality's sake, we need to have the same number for Alison Brie as we do for Sean Paul and Ariana Grande. And, you know, Adam Sandler, obviously, I don't want him even near the set. He can sign the contract somewhere else. But maybe we could get a noise that he would make if his shirt got ripped off. <laughs> Probably like, hey, you know, I don't know. I don't like the guy that much, but I hear, I hear he sells. But yeah, I think, I think we're going places. I think Toby Winter is going to be a great character. Phoebe as well. Um, Saturn is, you know, it's the final frontier. I like it. All right. Producer Ben, you got, you got some additions. You got Ariana, Ariana Grande brought on mostly for musical talents to try and really bank on that, that hip hop single. Which is now a remake of I Am Blue by Eiffel 66. So the modern retwist. Eiffel 65. 65, whatever. You have some more explosions, some more spaceships, and lots of androgynous sexy aliens. Do you like the changes, or are you going to fire these turkeys? Well, before we get to that, I got some bad news. First off, uh, Adam Sandler, uh, we talked to him. The cost for using his voice clips will be $50 million, so um, we're going to have to ax him a bit. Uh, so we're going to have to get, you know... A lesser known, less talented version of Adam Sandler. So, um, you know, who's Paul? Who's Paul? Paul Blart again? Kevin James. Yeah, Kevin James. Uh, we're gonna replace him with Kevin James. Um, so, boom. I already settled that. Don't worry about it. 
Let's see. Second, uh, Ariana Grande refuses to share billing with uh, Sean Paul. So uh, we have a bit of an issue there. They won't combine the songs. So we're thinking um, this is going to be, and this is really great, what we're going to do is we're going to have uh, two music videos. And depending on which screening you go to, uh, it's going to be randomized. So that will give people the incentive. They're going to have to see the movie twice. You know, I really think, and I hope to start a trend where, you know, you have to see a movie twice to understand the film. I think a lot of filmmakers will be really excited about doing that. Uh, double our revenue. Uh, audiences will be excited to have to see the same movie twice too because they'll understand it better. So that this movie, we're doing a springboard for that. But anyway, about the actual movie. So you said that their relationship doesn't have to be a romance. Uh, it kind of does because uh, otherwise, you know, what's the point? So, you know, we're gonna add, you know, a little bit more entendres, uh, a little bit, uh, we're gonna have a kiss scene. Uh, we don't really need to add anything more to establish a rel romantic relationship. You know, I think the audience will just understand. So uh, we should be fine on that front. Also, I saw uh, the new Independence Day yesterday and you know, it really got me thinking, you know, and I really like to pull inspiration from other films. So a couple things, first off, I think we should have an alien invasion at the end of the movie. Um, you know, and we can combine that with the climax of the organization and conspiracy being taken down, where it's like, you know, the conspiracy is like, we only did all this to prevent the aliens from attacking, and then the aliens start attacking. You know, it, it'll be a bit coincidental, but it'll be so dramatic. So uh, I'm adding that scene to it. We're already going to work on that. And oh, you know, because it's a bit complex, so Sean Paul's going to narrate what he's feeling at various points, just so the audience knows what's, you know going on so we don't have to rely so much on subtext. So, boom, you're welcome. And uh, I got a plane to catch. All right, so taking the data from your film, I've put it into our multi-hundred dollar movie machine world film predictor. It had to crunch some numbers. This one was a bit confusing. There's a lot of weird variables had to counteract. But it's, it's, it's given me kind of a mixed bag. Audiences are really turned off that they got to watch the movie twice. To, it's billed as to understand the film. They realized they just had to watch it twice to watch two crappy pop songs they could have just watched on the Vivo YouTube channel. So that really turns a lot of people off after the first weekend. Because people immediately start talking on the internet like, dude, just go watch the Vivo videos. That's all you gotta do. The rest of the movie's crap. That means that Neil deGrasse Tyson rips the movie apart on Twitter. It's like nothing could, like, Saturn's a gas giant. Nothing can land on it. If they did like five seconds of research, they could have found there's like eight moons Saturn has they could have set the movie on and they would have been just fine. But you know, more Hollywood crap. But I'm I'm just Neil deGrasse Tyson. Who listens to me, really? Um, so I actually get some good buzz about the film because he got, that guy's a huge Twitter slash kind of nerd celebrity personality. So him talking to the film actually gets you a little bit of money. Uh, Sean Paul narrating the whole film, kind of like Harrison Ford and Blade Runner, oddly doesn't work. People, you know, like we don't we don't like our movies being spoon fed to us, especially awkwardly and strangely by a new first time actor. It was a lot to put on Sean Paul for his first acting gig. I think if you just kept him on screen without the narration, he would have really excelled. That being said, the Rule Four Thirty Four subreddit on Reddit is just filled with sexy aliens of all primary colors and a lot of Allison Brie. Um, so that gets kind of dark and weird, but lots of buzz about the movie which drives a lot of cosplay, internet porn, and a decent amount of Blu-ray sales. So in the, the day, you guys make your money back, maybe a little extra spending money, but your movie kind of goes in the annals of history. It's just a really poorly thought out sci-fi film that 
was obviously made by people who don't know anything about sci-fi. So, that being said, you got two minutes to reflect, maybe make changes to maybe salvage this from the realm of obscurity and internet parody porn. Starting with our writer, Jacob. Well, you know, I, you know, I think this turned out okay. Um, you know, I, I trusted you guys, and I think you really delivered on, on my original vision. Um, so my last little change is just be my way of, of thanking you for that. Um, I think we should really embrace the whole like pop music and hip hop idea and just like every character with a line is also a musician who's been pulled in. So I think maybe if we could replace Allison Brie with Jesse J and then like his, uh, Toby's parents are Eminem and Keisha Cole and the the soldier who doesn't shoot him in the face is Genuine and then the head of, you know, the NSA or, you know, whoever it is that's behind everything is Missy Elliott's just everybody is like a musician and we can like drag in that whole idea maybe write in like some you know like put in some like jokes that like reference you know their lives outside of these characters as well um because that's i mean that's that seems like the direction that people are going to want and is going to be really great for the tone that uh you know this this movie is really seems to be going for and then um you know, with the, the money that I do make, I think I am going to take a trip back to the uh, Alaskan wilderness uh, where we, we filmed that first scene with, with Sean Paul to really get in touch with myself. Um, you know, just pack pack real light, bring a gun. Uh, right. what, what did you all settle on as the title of the movie? It was something Return to Mars. Return to Saturn. Return, Return to Saturn. Saturn. All right, you really broke your brains on that one. All right. Uh, Director Isaac has written in a whole bunch of hip-hop cameos and pop music cameos. Uh, how you feel about that? Uh, Two Chains, by the way, sent you a letter asking to be in the film. That's really ultimately up to you. But How did I forget Two Chains? Yeah, um, you know, I, I'm pleased with how it turned out. As people, you know, whenever they talk about Isaac Sunleaf, you know, people like to talk about compromise, yes. But they also, you know, people will say, Isaac, you know, that guy, he really strives for mediocrity. Uh, I really, I think I hit, I hit the nail on the mediocrity for this one. Honestly, I'm, I'm kind of confused, though, why people are so upset about it basically being a music video. Uh, seeing as I exclusively have directed music videos in the past. Um, you know, I, Vivo was kind of my dream since I was a kid. I know it wasn't around then, but, you know, I knew it was going to be around. So the, the you know, I, I was really going for a music video, because that's all I know, that's what I love, that's my craft. The movie twice thing, that's, that's a bummer. I thought we were going somewhere with that. You know, maybe we should have made it three different movies, because rule of threes. You know, I think overall, it was a, this was a great experience. I'm glad I didn't have to deal with Adam Sandler, although I think he he might have... Well, no, he would have made it worse. Um, never mind. Scratch that. It was a good It was a good movie. I think I'm going to use the money I, uh, I made to just fly around the world. Literally around, land back where I started. I don't like seeing things. I just like flying and being in airports, so I think that's my plan. And oh, and of course, respond to two chains. Uh, I've been trying to become part of his posse for a while, so I'm I'm pretty excited about that. 
All right, producer Ben, you know, you weren't, you didn't get that uh, top box office bonus the studio incentivized you with, but you know, you still got paid. You just didn't get any bonuses. Well, you, I kind of anything bl- you do to fix that. Well, first off, I kind of blame most of these errors on the writer. I think his original idea was just flawed to begin with, but uh, you know, I'm gonna make this work. So first off, Sean Paul narration is annoying for people. Well, I'll get the best narrator. We're gonna get Morgan Freeman, and we don't even need to pay him because his son owes me a favor. Uh, I can't talk about it. But, um, so he'll do it for free. We don't need to change the script. We can just say he's an older Sean Paul. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> Morgan Freeman had a, I mean, a nasty I mean... Jamaican accent when he was a youth. So I think that will be very effective. Oh, also, so I saw Finding Dory this weekend. And, you know, like I said with Independence Day, when I see a good movie, I'd really like to take inspiration from it. So we're going to have, you know, the amazingness of the ocean. So we're going to have a scene where they go into the oceans of Saturn. And find a fish? No, well, you know, just a scene where you land down, you know, in the plains of Saturn, jump into a space submarine and just explore, you know, the the life and uh, landscape of Saturn. You know, maybe we'll give it even an environmental message. You know, we have to save the oceans of Saturn um, by pollution, you know what I mean? So I think that'll look really good. Um, Oh, also the space battle. Uh, looking through it, I regret we didn't add a blue laser that shoots into the sky, which is kind of a prerequisite now. So we're going to add the blue laser that gets shot into the sky. And, you know, the alien ships are sort of rotating around it. So I think that alone will add, give us another $20 million, uh, box office because we can put that in the trailer. And they're like the human mind is like, blue laser in the sky, that's badass. I'm going to go see this movie to see why a blue laser got shot into the sky in this movie. All right. So, and I'm going to use my money to stay where I am. All right. So there you have it. Return to Saturn, planet you can't land on, that has oceans, that Sean Paul takes a submarine in. Who grows up to be Morgan Freeman. Who grows up to be Morgan Freeman. It'll just so be the voice actually, so you won't So, so the ad, because in the marketing, you heavily tagged that Morgan Freeman narrated it. So it means your, your opening weekend was huge. Huge. Just like... Number one in box office, blew away. Iron Man 6 was playing at the same time. You beat Iron Man 6. And then people saw the movie, and the Rotten Tomatoes came in. You got, you got 42% of Rotten Tomatoes, so almost that perfect mediocrity you aspire for. You're just 8% off right. of mediocrity. Uh-huh. Oddly enough, is a documentary made about the film. It's called 8% for Mediocrity. Mostly written by the, the, the journalist who writes, who works on the documentary, flies around on the plane with the director around the world just stopping at airport to airport while they, they eat at the Sabaros could they ever in find the airports the, in each place. Could they ever find the writer for that documentary? Uh, well, I mean, they just film Isaac kind of freestyling his thoughts. Okay. And then they do some interviews with uh, uh, 2 Chains and how 2 Chains wanted to be in the movie. And now Isaac is now part of his posse. He's the guy who uh, catches all the Pokemon for him on Pokemon Go. Um, that's what Isaac does for the posse now. He just okay. literally walks around with 2 Chains' smartphone catching Squirtles. Uh, Oddly, it pays better than uh, this job did. Yeah, so there you have it. Um, these guys made some money, but most importantly, Isaac is now part of Two Chains' posse. And really, what else do we aspire to but greatness like that? And so, mediocrity. And mediocrity. We're going to leave you with a party note from our patron saint of the movie machine, Guy Fieri. When you're calling Flavortown, this is the crunch ringback tone. Listen to this. I'm listening. Ha <laughs> ha